Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to The Brad Report. This episode of The Brad Report does not contain spoilers. This is also our first milestone episode, episode number 10, and we are in double digits. The Brad Report can be found on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars only for The Brad Report and make sure you subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Brad Report. And last week, we discussed Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And this week, we'll be belly flopping through our current top five recommendations for books, movies, TV shows, and video games. So, Brad, why don't you kind of walk through uh, your what process you used to select these recommendations? Because I think we be, both, both had like a certain process that we were thinking through in making our top choices. Yeah, so... I, I try to balance out like a mixture of what are some of my favorites versus what are things I think other people would enjoy, right? And so there are several books, like books and movies and stuff that I didn't include on this list that I love and I think are phenomenal that I didn't include because they're not ones I necessarily recommend to everyone. Maybe one just because not everyone has the same sensibilities that I have or Maybe not everyone has the same style of things that I like. And so I tried to include, I tried to make it a good mix of things that I really like, but also just the things that I think other people would really like, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I kind of, I really wrestled with making picks for, okay, what's, because we definitely have a genre, even though we're only on episode 10. Yeah. And so I'm not, I mean, while I would be happy to recommend like certain rom-coms or sitcoms or just detective novels, that's not usually, that's not what I picked. Okay. See, I kind of went outside of that a good bit. Okay. You did. So I just went straight up like in just casual conversation. If books or movies come up, what books or movies do I recommend to people? Okay. That's good to know. Regardless of the genre. And so, but that's what I was saying. Like there are some books that I love a lot, but I do not recommend to people. Like yeah. there's this book series called The Three Body Problem. Yeah. That I love. Which is going to about... be the new show that the yeah. Game of Thrones guys. That's right. Yeah. But it's about uh, this advanced alien civilization and it gets really deep into metaphysics and quantum particle physics and stuff like that. And so it's a great book, but I never recommend it to anybody really because it's just such a slog and it's difficult and it's weird. So, so I don't include stuff like that necessarily. Okay. I gotcha. Well, it'll, it'll be interesting how we work through, work through all of these things, books, movies, TV shows, video games, all of those things. Um, why don't you start off? We're going to go five to one alternating. What is your, First, number five, pick for a book or series recommendation. Okay, so this is a, it's almost, it's more of a compilation of short stories. It is the, the stories of Father Brown by G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton was a, an English philosopher and writer, and he wrote this series called Father Brown. Father Brown is a priest who is also doubles as a detective and he goes on all these crazy little zany detective stories and he solves crimes, but he's kind 
and he's loving and he's gentle and he's full of grace and humility. And there's just something really fun about this kind of jolly old priest, but also kind of being a hardline detective and solving crimes and, and murders and whatnot. And you can actually buy, you can buy the complete set of them, like the complete list of, or the complete tomb of Father Brown stories for like 10 bucks on Amazon. Wow. But they're so good and they're so fun and they're, it's a really light read. It's one of the reasons I've, this is something I've actually recommended to people before. It's just a really light read and it's fun and it makes you feel good inside. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, so my number five recommendation is a series. Uh, the first book in the series is called off to be the wizard. That's magic Two. the series is titled magic 2.0. And this was a recommendation that originally came from my brother, Nate. And the premise is... Is this the one where they all know Esperanto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They okay. all know Esperanto. So this guy is a hacker. Uh-huh. And he's living in modern times. And he comes across this file. And he finds his name in the file just kind of as he's was like, oh, this is... Whatever he finds a file and opens it, he always searches for his first name. For his name. And when he does that, he's like, oh, this is cool. And then it had like his height, his weight, his actual height, yeah. not the height that he always tells everybody. He's like, oh, I'm 6'1", uh-huh. when actually he's 5'10". So he's like, everything, every document, legal document says has him as 6'1". But he's actually 5'10". He's like, oh, that's weird. And so then he he changes it. And then he, he, taller, he realizes yeah. that he gets taller. And so through this process, he realizes like that he can teleport that he can travel in time that he can add money to his bank account and then you know the government finds out about him and it's this he has this backup plan that well if i ever get in trouble i'll always go back into the past where wizards Mm -hmm. are in charge and i'll live like a king so he escapes like worse you know yeah bad things happen he tries to escape and then he finds out that there are other people from modern times that are back in the past in medieval England living as wizards. Yeah. And so it's really cool. It's, it's super funny and I really enjoyed it. And it's just like, it's uh the audible work is really good. The voices are okay. really, really funny. Awesome. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. My number four, and this is why I debated about whether or not I should put it because this isn't the most accessible book in the world. It's Dune. By Frank Herbert. It is not the most accessible so Dune, book in the world. So Dune is Dune is hard to read. It's a slog. And it it can take some time to get through it. But I had to put it because this is a book I have recommended to people just over and over and over again. And with the movie coming out this year, like it feels like now is the best chance to read it. So this book is great. It's about... I mean, I don't even know where to begin. So it's about it's this planet. It's about a planet. And there's it's space about, royalty. Yeah, it's about this this kid who is very important in the universe and very important to his family. And his family is under attack and people are after him and his family to kill them. And it's up to him to rise above and to save everybody. And he does it through... Um, very unconventional methods. He essentially creates an army out of this people group that have been overlooked and marginalized and oppressed on this planet. And he rises up through them and 
creates this like cult army with them and it's just really cool yeah and lots of great sci-fi stuff in there and so i'd recommend that to anybody and if you read it you might want to give it a couple of reads because it takes some time it does take some time and it's often heralded as the best sci-fi book ever. I and mean, it's incredible yeah that's really cool so my number four this is going to make jared kennedy and josh rothschild super proud it's the wing feather saga mm. So I've only read the first two out of the four, but they're really, really fun books. The first one's kind of rough when you're you're reading it and you're thinking, why is all this happening? I don't really understand. It's not like there's much of a plot. Things are just happening. Right. And then when you get to the last quarter, everything really starts to click and makes sense. And Josh and Jared have just told me over and over again that each book progressively gets better and better and better and it's really funny there are times when i'm reading it i'm laughing out loud and i don't want to spoil anything obviously but it's it's probably for younger kids it's kind of like akin to narnia it's super easy to read there's a christian worldview that it is definitely teaching and instructing and there are a lot of fun characters, a lot of good lessons, and great adventure, suspense, and okay. mystery. I've heard so many people mention that series. Yeah. I've heard so many people. I need to read them. It's just, I've had two yeah. people mention it. All right, so my number three is A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. This is a fun, a fun series. It's about this historian named Diana Bishop. And in this story, she is a witch, so she has powers and abilities, but she has always repressed them knowingly like she knows she's a witch she's kind of against that entire world wants nothing to do with it has nothing to do with magic or creatures or anything like that she is a historian at the university of oxford in england and she discovers this manuscript that allegedly contains the secret to all of life and the secret to like how beings came into existence and how the universe was ordered and why it's ordered like that and once she unlocks this manuscript, creatures, magical creatures from all over the place flock to her, essentially, because the premise is everyone's been looking for this manuscript for thousands of years, and she happened to be the only one who could unlock it. And then all these people come crashing in because they want it. Now she's thrown back into this wizarding world that she wanted nothing to do with, but now she can't avoid it because people are after her and trying to get what she has and trying to get her. And ultimately, it ends up turning into a time travel story. Okay. Because that's a magical ability to step through time. And it's just really fun. That's really cool. That's really cool. I've had, I've seen that book before at like Half Price Books and McKay's. Yeah. And I've always wondered about it. It's fun. It's yeah. a fun book. All right. Well, maybe I'll check it out. So my number three is a book that I read recently. And we've talked about it before. Uh, it's The Name of the Wind, or also known as The King Killer Chronicle by Patrick Ruthfuss. Okay. Ruth, Ruthfuss? Um, Ruthfuss. 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 R-O-T-H-Fuss. Rothschild? <laughs> no, Rothschild. Patrick <laughs> Rothschild. Uh, so it's a really cool story. So the book opens, and there's this character that's an innkeeper. And it starts with his, his, this character is just waiting to die mm. as an innkeeper at an inn that doesn't have a lot of business 
it's not moving along and it seems like he knows more than he let is letting yeah. on and then this person that's a historian kind of like a modern day journalist is trying to figure out you know figure out his stories and then we find out like and the span of his life like this is a legendary mythos character and okay. he's telling his life story and the way he writes is just super compelling and how he talks about feelings and to how he talks about stories and music and just how those things make you feel and like heartbreak and loss and it's a really cool story it's super detailed but it's also it's written so so well. So it's called the King Killer. The King Killer Chronicle. Okay. He's got a bit of a George R. R. Martin problem. No, he just well, he's got book one where the and, tree looks forever. No, 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 no. He's got he's got book one and book two, uh -huh. but he's been writing book three for ten years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but people, it's got I think eighty thousand five star reviews on Audible. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. But it's. It's one that I initially recommended to my sister because I was like, hey, I've been trying to get around to this book. Mm. I haven't. It was at McKay's Books uh, and it was for like 10 bucks. I was like, you should read that. Yeah. And she got it. She loved it. And she loved it so much that she bought me a copy for oh, me to that's read. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, it was awesome. So really hoping that the third one comes out soon. But that's a really, really good read. Okay, cool. My number two is the Chronicles of Narnia Ugh. by C.S. Lewis. I debated on whether putting that one. Really? You know, I mean, yeah. it's just because like they're the ones that like everybody. Yeah, so many everybody people have already read them. Yeah, so many people have read them, yeah. and like they're such like or Lord of the Rings or like Harry Potter. But to me, so the Chronicles of Narnia are great recommend to people because I find that a lot of people that read them read them when they were younger, when they were little, or several years ago. And when you go back and read something that's as rich as these books years later, you can notice things and you pick up on things that you didn't pick up on before. But if you're unfamiliar with the Chronicles of Narnia, this series is about a, a series of kids. It's different kids all throughout the series, pretty much. There are a couple kids that appear in multiple books, but there's multiple kids throughout multiple books. But they discover or they find ways to enter into this magical realm known as Narnia. And Narnia is a magical realm where it's filled with talking animals and talking beasts. And there's a king and his name is Aslan. He's a lion. And he is there throughout all the books. He definitely has like different prominence in those roles. He's like, he's not the main character in any of them. But I mean, I think the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is his most prominent. Yeah, for sure. And then the last battle as well. Yeah. And he's like, got... I mean, and the, the uh, Witch's nephew when he creates the world. Yeah, the magician. He just kind of shows magician's nephew. Yeah, he, he just shows up world. at the end. Yeah, but he shows up to create the world. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I mean, these are just beautiful books. They're so well written. Yeah. And they're just timeless. They are. I think I was listening to them earlier this year listening through them and it's really something when you're reading a book of fiction or fantasy mm -hmm. and they have something some some kind of comment or quote or phrase and you're just thinking wow that's just so true about life yeah you know so mm -hmm. one thing is just said and the horse and his boy i think this won't this won't give anything away but he says that the reward for doing 
the right thing is to, uh, to do for doing a good thing is to do another good thing that's even harder. Yeah. And I was listening to that with my friends when we were on a road trip and we were just laughing. We we're like, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. yeah that's a great pick. And I, I love Lewis and I love the way he wrote. It's just so simple and beautiful. And I like direct allegory. I know some people critique Lewis for that, that it's a little too on the nose, but I think it's wonderful. And yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Just delightful. Yeah, it's beautiful. And like, I'll say that about the Wing Feather Saga as well. Like, you can very clearly see the imagery yeah. that is being painted. My number two is Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. Oh, fun. That's a fun book. It's a super fun book. Also recommended to me by my brother Nate okay. originally. And I know I've got a good book when I read it, my brother reads it, my sister reads it. Okay. And like my oldest sister, she reads it because she's not much for books. Right. Or she she wasn't at least like when we were growing up, like she'd kind of read fiction a little bit slowly. I think mm -hmm. it took her like a year to read the first Harry Potter book. <laughs> but okay. she read it and she tore through it. And so wow. that's how you know it's a good book. Yeah. And so basically it's set in the future of the U.S. Mm -hmm. Columbus, Ohio, right? Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Like society's kind of broken down and everybody lives in these slums and stacks. And basically everybody spends 100% of their time in this virtual reality world that was created for free. The Oasis. The Oasis. That's right. And it's a story about the inventor of this uh, technology and the owner of this company dies mm -hmm. and he creates a game within the Oasis right. to, to receive his mm -hmm. inheritance. And it's really fun. It's full of 80s nerd and pop culture. I, I love all the references. Yeah. It's just. And so I think when he was writing the book, yeah. he was like, he didn't ask for permission. He just did it. Yeah. And was like, well, if I get in trouble, I get in trouble. It's awesome. And the movie doesn't do it justice. All the D&D references are great, too. I don't yeah. know about you. I love games like that. I love role playing games. And so all the D&D references are super fun. And that, that is a really really fun book really really fun and I, I thought the movie was good yeah it was i mean there's i mean there's so much detail in the book yeah that there's no way it's going to translate into yeah, yeah, an hour sure. and a half two hour movie for sure so you have to cut stuff in like whenever i say that i think both of us are kind of ascribed to the book is always better yeah nine nine times out of ten the book is always better unless you, it's the hunger games but <laughs> Hating on the Hunger Games. Or Harry Potter. <laughs> I, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, you, yeah, wow. So okay. Let's, all right, so, let's, I have, so I I have a feeling that my number one book recommend is also your book number one recommend. Absolutely. So we'll just go ahead and talk about it. It's Red Rising by Pierce Brown. This is a story about a boy named Darrow. He is born into this mining colony on Mars. That's right. It's on Mars. He is mining what is known as helium-3 in order to, or he thinks in order to terraform the world to make it so that people can come and inhabit the surface of Mars. And... Turns out everything's not as it seems. And this one's almost hard to give a summary for more than that because 
there are so many like twists and turns within the first like few chapters of the book. Uh-huh. But I'll say this: the book is set up, and you know this going into it before there are any twists and turns. The book is set up; the society is set up in a way where people are thrown into a rigid color-based caste system. So you have people who are reds, who are blues, who are greens, yellows, whites, purples, or violets, excuse me, uh-huh. pinks. And then on the very top of the food chain, you have golds. And these people are not simply thrown into these castes. They've also been genetically modified through years of just breed, DNA select splicing. breeding, and bi- biological experiments to where there's a physical difference. So reds, which is the lowest end of the totem pole, Reds are, on an average, I think like five six, five seven. Yeah, they're the uh, blue maybe, collar. Maybe a little bit taller than that, but like physically even. So like the average gold height, uh, or the average gold phys- physique, is like LeBron James essentially. Yeah, LeBron James is an average gold yeah. physique, and several of the main characters are golds are seven feet tall and can run like the wind and stuff like that. And the Reds, who are the considered the lowest rung of the caste system, are used as, as slaves, essentially, in order to do all the dirty work that a society needs to function. And, well, the book is called Red Rising, so I feel like you can connect the dots there of mm, the color red yeah. and rising. Yeah, I think the one thing that I just say when uh, – I think you and Henry Williams both recommended that book to me mm-hmm. in the series before I dove in – and the way that I describe it to people when I'm recommending it to them, I say is like, take Hunger Games, take Game of Thrones, and put it in space. Mm-hmm. Or Ender's Game. Yeah. And you've got this space opera. It, yeah, it's s- an opera. Siege, warfare, uh-huh. families, like classes of houses, strife for dominance and like, mm-hmm. like, uh, just like spycraft and battles, and it's awesome. And it's such a quotable series. Such a quotable series. Some of my, some of our favorite lines, and like this is definitely like our top book series currently. Yeah, and easy. we're definitely going to do uh, some episodes in the future on it. Yeah, I think that I think we've kind of talked about this, but I think the plan is once the author Pierce Browning is writing the last book of the series right now, and once he announces the date of that we'll schedule out each book of the series have its own episode in, in in a timely fashion so that we can culminate with the the sixth the book. book yeah yeah i'm super excited for it it's definitely one of my favorite series and i recommended that series to one of my good friends ryan mm-hmm. johnson and right when he was like um studying for his like phd um <laughs> And I was like, oh, you know, check it out. I think you really like it. And then he he's studying for his um, for his PhD like work and um, you know just to like mm-hmm. pass everything. And he texts me like a few days later, and he's like, "What have you done to me? <laughs> I'm not getting any work done." But it's that's definitely the top recommend for both of us. So if you haven't heard of it, definitely yeah. check it out. We hope you enjoy all of these books. Um, But yeah, now we're going to get on to movies. All right, so let's get into our movies. Brad, you want to give us your your fifth recommend? Yeah, my fifth recommendations for for movies. And like I struggled so much, as we kind of already said, about 
what do I pick? Because there's so many good movies that I'd recommend. And so I tried to go for things that I don't think people really know a ton mm -hmm. about, things that we haven't talked about, because obviously I'd recommend like Marvel movies, DC movies, Star Wars, all, all right. that stuff. So this is kind of, this is a new movie. It's called The Old Guard. It's on Netflix. Okay. And the premise is, is that there are these warriors that are immortal. Mm. They die, but like they come back to life. They kind of have a Wolverine, Deadpool healing factor. Okay. And they've been trying to protect humanity from itself. Interesting. Throughout time. And it's about them uh, being exposed. Like someone finds out who they are, that they've been living for thousands of years. And then them finding another person in modern times that has the same abilities as them. Because oh, through time, they get they find more people, but it's a small group. And it's about this, how it develops. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to give too much away, but yeah. it's it's not like the greatest movie, but it's an interesting premise. And there's definitely like, as they delve into history and like kind of a period piece and how much they have lived through and gone through and events they've been through there. It's, uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. My number five is... Is a new movie as well. It just came out this this past year. It's Knives Out. This oh, is a movie that's such a good movie that I loved. I, did we see this in theaters together, or did I just come over to your house after I saw it? I think we saw. No, we saw it together. Okay, because I think and you figured it out. That's right. Yeah, I yeah, that's right. I, I I figured out what was going on in the middle of the movie, but it didn't take away from it. Yeah, this movie was so funny. It is a murder mystery that takes place and the, this kind of this patriarch of a family has died and it's a mysterious death and they read the will out and it turns out he gives everything he owns, not to his family, but to his nurse or caretaker that had been taking care of him for the past, however long when mm -hmm. he's been sick and the family is going crazy over it. And so this detective has been hired and played by Daniel Craig, who has this, ridiculous southern accent foghorn leghorn uh, southern accent ridiculous accent and he comes to solve the crime and it's hilarious and one thing i've noticed about detective like movies oftentimes the detective is kind of painted as this like really cold jerk mm -hmm. figure who's just like so much smarter than everyone but he wants everyone to know that but daniel craig's character was very warm and kind and gracious funny and it was just it was really refreshing like detective in a way yeah. that you don't really get that in a lot of movies yeah i agree so my number four is when i look at it now i don't think it really fits with anything else that i picked i'm like how did i think of that because okay. i don't think it was super popular and didn't get a lot of credit is equilibrium it came out in 2002 starring christian bale tay diggs and sean bean and so it's a dystopian future of society where people take medicine to make sure that they don't express feelings. Okay. And whenever they come, it's kind of like a Fahrenheit 451 where they're anything with culture or art or books or creativity or anything that's not in this very like cold world gets burned. And the people that are hiding those books get executed. Interesting. Okay. And so the main character misses a dosage and then he mm. goes on this journey of experiencing feeling for the first time. Okay, cool. 
So it's, yeah. And like, it came out right around the same time as the matrix. Right. And there's like this crazy gun martial arts battles. Okay. It's super fun. Cool. My number four is Pacific Rim. I have not seen that one. Directed by, is directed by Guillermo del Toro. And the premise of this movie is that a, what they call a breach opens up in the Pacific ocean and these giant monsters called Kaiju come out of it and they start wreaking havoc. And so earth fights back. They develop these suits called Jaegers, Jaeger suits, which is piloted by human beings. And Jaegers are essentially just giant robots. And so the entire movie is giant robots fighting monsters, but it's freaking awesome. And there's not much more to the movie than that. <laughs> it's giant robots fighting giant monsters, and it looks dope. All right. Let's, I'm all for it. Okay, my number three is called iBoy, which is I on boy. Netflix. Why does it sound familiar? So the – I don't even know the lead actor's names, but Macy Williams from Game of Thrones is in it. And it's definitely not for kids. And the thing that I really like about it is that this kid – is he's he has a crush on this girl and so he goes to see her one night and then he comes across these people breaking into her house and then abusing her and he as he's leaving he's trying to call 911 and the person who chases him out shoots him but it hits his phone that's in his hand by his ear and then parts of this his phone go into his brain and he gets superpowers yeah to like hack into things and all this stuff and one of the things that I really like about it is it's so localized. He's not saving the world. He's not, you know, doing all this. He's just saving the neighborhood apartment complex from the crooks and like the drug king, like okay. crime kingpin. And so it's really fun. It's just a, uh, it's a fun little movie to see how he, he works his powers and then is struggling with it and as he's getting stronger and all the things that he can do with it. And, but it's a, it's a really fun movie. Awesome. My number three is, is one of my favorite movies, but I also recommend it to people because I feel like not a ton of people have seen it. Snowpiercer. It was Chris Evans. Yeah. It's Chris Evans. It was also directed by Bong Joon-ho, which I, I hope I'm saying his name right. It was also, that was the director of Parasite, which won uh, best picture last year. Yeah. But he also directed Snowpiercer, which was awesome. So the premise of Snowpiercer is that a climate catastrophe has struck the Earth, and we are sent back into this ice age. But there, but humanity has survived, living in this train. They live in this train that goes all the way around the world, and just it's the eternal train just keeps going. And there is this rigid caste system within the train. Uh, all of the, the poor people are in the back of the train. Their quarters aren't that great, and they don't have very good rations. You find out what their rations are during the oh, movie. Oh, super disgusting. And it's disturbing. <sighs> but they they try to revolt, and they want to get to the front of the train, and they want to talk to the conductor and make things better. Then they learn all sorts of stuff has been going on in the train they don't know about, and it's just wild. Yeah, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. It's also a TV show now, I think. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I don't know I if I either. want to. I don't yeah. have a it. Ruin it. Yeah. Exactly. So my number two is the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the extended editions. Because you get a very different experience with, I mean, this is not for the faint of heart. Like, you got to buckle up. It's a four-hour ordeal. <laughs> 
12 hours total but it just when you take don't get me wrong the original theatrical releases are amazing but you get so much more of the story with the extended editions and it's so good it fits really well the scenes that they add in it goes seamlessly so ever since i've watched the extended releases i haven't watched the theatrical releases since then so okay. i would if I were to go back and watch them and be like, wait, where's the scene? This is missing. And it adds a lot to the story, and I just really enjoy them. And But it is not for the faint of heart. Like, you got to buckle up and maybe take a few sittings to get through it all. But they're so well done, and it's really, really great. One of the few uh, scenarios where the book does justice, or the movie does justice to the books. That's my number two. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. My number two is a movie called Silence by Martin Scorsese. Yes, yes, yes. It's about like uh, Jesuits, right? Yeah, it's about these Jesuit missionaries, and they are played by Adam Driver. And Adam, Who is your favorite? Adam Driver is my favorite. And Adam Garfield, who isn't necessarily my favorite, but I thought he was really good in this. And Liam Neeson, although you don't see Liam Neeson a ton in this movie, he has he has some very important moments both in the beginning and the end, but he's not somebody you see all throughout. But the premise is that one there's a missionary who was sent to this this country, a Jesuit missionary who was sent to this country, and the priest back home had stopped getting messages from him. They had stopped hearing back from him. This is a time where um, they were sent to a part of the world where these missionaries were being persecuted and were not uh, not very welcomed. And so they were worried something had happened to this, this missionary. So they send two more missionaries. Uh, Adam Driver's character's name is uh, Francisco. And I believe Andrew Garfield's character is Sebastio or something like that. But they send those two Jesuit missionaries to go and check up on Liam Neeson's character and see what's going on. And so they go and they're being sheltered by some people. They're being hunted by other people. And it's, it's a really sad movie. It's a really, yeah, I've heard that it's super heavy. It's a very somber movie. It's a very serious movie. And it ends with a question of whether or not the main character apostatizes or, or, or not. You're not really sure what happens or where, any of them are in terms of their faith journey by the end of the movie. Mm. It's it's very somber Dang. and very very heart, uh, both heartening and disheartening at different points. Yeah, but it's also very beautiful and and it's a good watch. And sometimes it's good to cry. So yeah, so it's good to cry. It's good to be sad sometimes. So go silence. All right, my number one movie recommendation is The Princess Bride. If you have not seen it, I can't even begin to describe how much this movie impacted my childhood <laughs> growing up and just uh, pretend sore fighting with my siblings and just, I'm not left-handed either, and uh, just fighting like that and so many good quotable lines. It's kind of a satire of these sword and sorcery movies. It's so, so funny. You killed my father? Prepared, prepared to, to die. die. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And each time I watch it, there's something new that I didn't pick up on that makes me laugh yeah. like crazy. Um, it's just so, so funny. So many good quotes. Such a great movie. It's on Disney Plus. 
if you want to, was on Disney yeah Plus. it's on Disney Plus awesome. if you want to go watch it and it is worth it and the premise is this kid is sick and his grandfather who comes to read a book to him on when he's sick mm -hmm. and he's reading this story yeah it's to great. him it's wonderful it's wonderful so what's your number one my number one is Mad Max the the new one Fury Road Fury Road yeah it is a dystopian apocalyptic world in which humans have a have devolved into this weird it's very savage savage kind of. brutish kind of forms of ourselves where fuel is kind of the economy of the world right if you have fuel you have power because you can power your car well max's vehicle gets stolen and he is kidnapped and he goes on this his entire mission is to get his car back, essentially. And it's got phenomenal action scenes. And this is one of my favorite movies, just period. I can watch this movie any day of the week at any time. It's fun, and it's beautiful, and the action scenes are great. Tom Hardy's and amazing. It's got a guy playing guitar on a like platform on an 18-wheeler, and I don't know what else you can ask for. <laughs> With flames. I don't know With what else. With flames shooting out of the guitar. <laughs> I don't know what more you can ask for from a movie. You, you really can't ask exactly. for much more than that. So, getting into TV shows, Brad, what is your number five TV show recommendation? So, I went with The Walking Dead for this one. This is a show I did not watch until this past year. It's been out for a while. It's been out for a while. I haven't watched any of it until this past year. And they're finally, they finally announced an ending of the show. They were going to do two more seasons and then that's it. And this show is a apocalypse, zombie apocalypse show that follows a, a police officer named Rick and his family and his journey of trying to get out of the city of Atlanta and just survive the zombie apocalypse. And eventually the show transitions from the zombies being the main threat to other people being the main threat. And this show, it's so it's a, it's a long show. There's a ton of seasons out and a lot of episodes in each of those seasons. But some of the some of these seasons are just absolute bangers, one after the other. Like every episode, you're on the edge of your seat. And Anywhere from like I'm trying to remember, but anywhere from like season four to season like six is just I mean you can't you just can't take your eyes off. Yeah, they just boom, boom, boom. And I think zombie apocalypses are cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely a cool, cool story device. I mean I've never watched a show, but I know uh, some uh, some people that are just like like back when I was in college, they were just absolutely hooked. To it and it's i mean it's been running for a long time it's obviously it's like it's a great show uh so my number five is i'm kind of breaking my rule because like this is a show that we've talked about briefly but i've recommended it to enough people where i, I thought it was okay. okay so the clone wars on disney plus mm -hmm. so i remember watching it when it first came out and i was like okay this is fun and then like you have to get past season one when i tell adults that are nerds and love Star Wars that are new getting into the show. It's on Disney Plus. You have to make your make it through season one, and then it really starts to pick up. The season one is very campy and kiddish, and you're like, this is cheesy. But if you were for me, I was 
definitely a little disappointed with the prequels. This show makes you love that time. If you didn't love it previously, I, it makes you love Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan and Anakin's apprentice, Ahsoka, who's going to be in uh, the Mandalorian TV show we've heard. And it really makes, it's just fun Star Wars adventures. Sometimes there are a series of episodes that cover a single arc. Sometimes they're one-offs, but it's just really, really fun. And it gives you that Star Wars feeling of adventure and awe and just fun. Yeah, that, that's really solid. Yeah. My number four is a, is a TV show. They got cut short. There's only 18 episodes of it. It's Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of, like, stars in that. Like, I think James Franco's in it. Well, let me just read off the IMDb for Freaks and Geeks. And this is kind of... It's almost similar to Scott Pilgrim Innocence, where you look at the cast list and you're like, wait, it had who? Yeah. It had what? And so this cast list has all sorts of people. It has James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jason Seagal, Jason Seagal, um, several other people that are on further down the list. Now. I don't want to keep scrolling. Judd Apatow is involved with it. I mean, it's, it's great. And it's really funny. It's about these high schoolers. It's a coming-of-age story. It's about this like, gifted star student who befriends a group of quote-unquote freaks that are really just like the slackers in the school, and uh-huh. they just try to navigate high school together. Yeah. And it's a shame it got cut short, and we only have 18 episodes, but those 18 episodes are are really good. Okay, awesome. So I think a few of my – so there of my remaining four, there are three that were cut short. So Daredevil on Netflix only got three seasons. Um, so it got canceled by Netflix because Disney was like, hey, we're not going to like allow you to keep making money when we want to be making that money. But season two takes a bit of a dip. But season one, and especially season three, is one of my favorite seasons of a television show. Okay. Season three is just absolutely phenomenal. Charlie Cox as Daredevil, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. They just do an amazing, spectacular job. The action's great. Mm -hmm. It's grounded. It feels real. It's this guy that's just blind. But it's all just like he's just fighting, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's great, for sure. My number three is actually Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives? Yeah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Little reality TV. Well, hey (laughs) – we didn't say that was off limits. That's true. We did not say sustains. Continue. <laughs> so it follow. It's Guy Fieri, who's a chef, TV personality. If you don't know who Guy Fieri is, you should crawl out from under the rock you're living in. I'm just kidding, but kind of not. He's very notable. He he's awesome, <laughs> and it's Guy Fieri, and he just takes you to Flavor Town. Yeah. He goes all throughout the country, and he finds different, as the show says, diners, drive-ins, and dives that aren't very well known and sometimes these are like little mom and pop places that he gives credit to and he tastes their food and he tries it out and it's always great because he only goes to good places and i i love watching food shows i love watching people cook food bro and food's delicious yeah and watching people cook food and prep food is great and he goes to this, the most random places he's been to places here in louisville before on the show uh, i was watching an episode the other day that was in louisville that's awesome. Which is which is great. Yeah. We're a foodie town. Yeah. 
I, I love diners, drive-ins, and dives. I watch it all. You can ask you can ask my wife. I turn the show on all the time. That's great. Okay, so my number three is Avatar: The Last Airbender, oh, which yes. is also on Netflix. Yeah, uh, it was originally on Nickelodeon, and it's just a super fun American anime. Super cool world where uh-huh. there For are sure. these benders that can bend air, water, yep. fire, and earth. And the Avatar is the person that can do all four. For sure. And the Fire Nation attack. <laughs> and the dang Fire Nation. The dang Fire Nation. And then the Avatar goes missing for 100 years because he encased himself in ice. And then he comes back. He comes back and he's 12 years old. Right. And he's a kid that's like, hey, you got to save the world. And he's like, I just want to be a kid. And he doesn't even know that he's the real Avatar for a while. Yeah. He doesn't know the extent of his powers. Yeah. And so they had three seasons. They kind of brought it to, I mean, you guess you could say that it's, ended mm. with the solid conclusion but the live action movie came out with m night Shyamalan. it was horrendous yeah and they never did season four which was a huge disappointment so but it's i was talking to uh one of my buddies also i was talking to ryan last night and we were talking about a bunch of like you know graduate level dudes that were hanging out and it was just kind of like Hey guys, don't judge me, but I've been watching Avatar, and he was. Everyone was just like, "Yes, that show is so awesome! It's, it's, great. it's, it's so it's great! Phenomenal. It doesn't matter. Yeah, if really you just love those things, it's awesome." Yeah, my number two is a show called The Americans. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard of that. It's FX on Hulu, drama. right? Yeah, it's on. It's on Prime actually. On Prime. It's on Prime. That's right. Excuse it, me. It's an FX drama. It, it it takes place during the Cold War, and it follows two. KGB spies who are living here in America and they are carrying out all their spy duties, right? They're have they have double lives where they pretend to be normal Americans, but they're really these KGB operatives. Their next door neighbor is an FBI agent who works in counterintelligence, specifically that's fun, specifically hunting the Russians. Okay, and they're they have children. Their children do not know that their parents are FBI agents, or excuse me, KGB agents. Okay, so, so they raise chil- their kids like they're actually Americans. The children are just living normal American lives, and their parents are KGB operatives. What? And it's all about them carrying out their mission and trying not to get caught. And it's a thriller, and it's suspenseful, and it's great. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, I've always wanted to get into that one. It's a really good show. All right. So my number two is Stranger Things. Ah, that's is my that, number one. That's your number one? Okay, let's talk about it for yeah, a second. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, it's a great show and definitely 80s nostalgia. Yeah, I love the look. The aesthetic of that the show aesthetic, is great. It's so – the Duffer Brothers do a great job. Mm-hmm. Season one is so good, and it's kind of got like that suspense – E.T. like horror yeah, movie Yeah, and the homage. soundtrack is, is great. Yeah. It really sets the tone all the time. And it relies heavy on Dungeons and Dragons, which yeah. is awesome. And it's such a cool premise that like the the elevation of science and yeah. science scientific experimentation and the Russians are the villains. Of course. And it's just so cool. And you're just like, oh, man, what is this upside down that's an alternate dimension? Exactly. It's like the inverse of their own world filled with monsters, like the Demi Gordon yeah. and the Mind Flayer. Oh, it's so cool. And it's just like, 
So I think season four was supposed to come out this year, but I don't know if that got yeah, delayed due know. to COVID. But kind of the, the premise of the show, the first season, is that their friend, uh, there's this group of boys, yeah, four boys, and one of their friends gets lost. He goes missing, and he's presumed dead by most people. Yeah. But his friends don't give up, and they keep looking for him. And they uncover this crazy Russian oper- operation going on in Hawkins, Indiana, and this alternate dimension with monsters and it's really cool and superpowers and Mm -hmm. it's super super fun for sure all right what was your number two what we doing my number two is americans okay yeah yeah. one was what's your number one stranger things all right so so my number one excuse me is limitless on netflix it's the 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 show the show really you didn't like it i've never seen it okay so i watched it when it was coming out and it's super, super funny. It's a spinoff of the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper, where he takes this the NZT pills, pill. Makes you crazy makes smart. Makes you crazy smart. And in the show, they turn him into the villain, which I think is really cool. I mean, that happens in the first episode. And so this guy who is just kind of like a flunky, similar to Bradley Cooper's character in the first one. And he, then he becomes an FBI like assistant. He becomes an advisor in an advisory role. So he helps them. And at the same time, he's planted by Bradley Cooper's character to spy on the FBI while he's on the drug, while he's solving cases. Bradley Cooper's character is involved in this movie? Yeah, he's in the show. Bradley Cooper is? Yeah, he's in the show. He's in a few episodes. And so he's like an executive producer. And it got canceled after one season, which I was super upset because the way that they switched up the style every single episode was super... Funny. They had a Ferris Bueller's Day Off episode. They had like, they made mock of like CSI Miami where they're like putting on the glasses. They had a ridiculous sequels episode. Interesting. Okay. It's super, super funny. It's like 22 episodes. It's really, really good. It's really funny. It's got a lot of good heart and mystery and suspense as well. So I re- that's my number one pick. Interesting. Cool. So getting into some video games, we both came up with five. Well, I actually came up with 10. I kind of separated them into separate categories. Uh, For the younger generation, I said, these are my top five recommended classics that I think you should go. So I'm going to run through those super quick and then we'll alternate again for our top five overall. So the first one is Super Mario Brothers, the original for Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm the cartridge that you had to blow on and push in. And I was recently playing that with my brothers and my brother-in-law when I was home. And as they were going through the first few levels, even after probably 20 years since playing the game, they were walking around. I was like, I think there's a box over here. And they jump up and they'd hit it. And there was a box. And I was like, how do you remember that? And just the, that like kind of started, like that was the gaming system, Mm. you know, so starting out. The second one is Donkey Kong Country okay. with Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Yeah. That's super, super fun. Next is the original Super Smash Brothers. And okay. then it's the, I mean, there's so many good games like For Mario sure. Party, Mar- the original Mario Kart. Like yeah. you won't know the stress of like driving around with those balloons okay. in a battle. A Super Mario 64 where you jump through the paintings to go to the different levels. 
that's super fun. And then Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Those are the classics that really influenced my childhood. But what was your number five overall? My number five is Skyrim. Oh, great Skyrim game. is super fun game. Great game. It the story revolves around your character and you're trying to defeat the world eater dragon who is prophesied to destroy the entire world. And for me, this was the first kind of open player or open world, excuse me, game where you can kind of create your own character and be whoever you want to be within the world. And you can just go and explore and do whatever and do whatever you want and pick up the main story when you want to and leave it when you want to and do random stuff. And this is for me, the first game like that. Uh And I I mean, I loved it. It's so cool. There's so much stuff to do. The, type of person or character you are in the game varies so much just depending on what you want it to be. Yeah, you get to pick your race, like orc, Mm. man. It's great. It's super fun. Yeah. So my number five recommendation is Just Cause 3. So Just Mm -hmm. Cause, basically you're this former CIA operative slash stuntman and basically anything you can think of to do in the game, you can do it. Yeah. Um, You're infiltrating the group of islands to overthrow a dictator and you have these certain tasks you have to take out these militia these Mm -hmm. gold guard posts but like the great thing is like you have this slingshot kind of like grappling hook and you have a wingsuit and you can just wingsuit all over the place drive cars it's super super fun and i remember first time watching my friend colin fortune play that game and i was like why are you doing that and he's like just cause man yeah. <laughs> well, how come you're doing this? Just cause. Yeah. And so it's a super, super fun game. Um, what's your number four? My number four is Zelda Breath of the Wild. I have not played that game. Okay, I want to uh, play it so bad. Switch. It's on the Switch. And a buddy of mine who used to live here named Garrett, he, and this is when I first moved here, and he was playing, and I was like, oh, that looks so cool. He let me borrow his Switch system for like a couple That's weeks. That's a good friend. A great friend. That's a good he, friend. Awesome dude. He let me borrow his Switch system for a couple weeks. Or I can't remember how long it took me to play it. But anyways, just so I could play this game. Yeah. And this game is so much fun. So it's Zelda. So you play as Link. And Link, oh, he wakes up and he's been asleep for 100 years. And there's this monster called Calamity Ganon who is trying to destroy the kingdom of Hyrule. Oh, man. And you go off and you defeat these other like smaller Ganons in order to build up your abilities you can find the master sword if you so choose oh you You don't have to get the master sword you don't have to get the master sword but you can get the master sword you gotta get the master sword you have to get the master sword that's right you have to get the master sword it's the master sword and it's just fun it's just a fun game and it's kind of silly sometimes like you're there's like a part where you can surf on sand and stuff like that and it's fun it's it's a beautiful game it's very well designed it uh, it's great i it's I haven't played every single Zelda game ever, but this mm-hmm. is my favorite Zelda game that I have played. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love Zelda, man. I love yeah. Link. My number four is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Yeah. And so just because it's new, mm-hmm. um, I don't think either, like, I don't know a ton of people who've played it. Right. Because, yeah, I just don't know a ton of people who've played it. We've both played it. And like we said in our Star Wars episode, we yeah. when you got it day of, we switched lives, and it's just 
fun to play as a Jedi. It is fun. It's super fun to use the Force. Could have been a bit longer. Yeah. Could have had a... I mean, it's only... It's not that long of a game. You're kind of like, oh, that's it. And mm -hmm. then the story, no spoilers. Kind of, you just kind of left it like, huh? Yeah. Really? Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed like the puzzles, being a Jedi. It's super, super fun. Okay. My number three is Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Oh, yeah. This is a... Have you played this? I played it a little bit. I didn't get to finish it. Okay. This... I, my roommate had it at the time. And oh, um, so he moved out. And took the game with them. Yeah, no, this is he a, wasn't as good of a friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Lord of the Rings game that is it's an open world game, so it's kind of the same deal. You don't get to create your character, you you're a set character and there's a set story. That's okay. He's totally a fun. super cool character. He super is. cool he take. Like, it's been a while since I've played this game. He's like he, half he's, a wraith, yeah, right? Well, there's a wraith that kind of lives within him. Yeah. And enables him to do certain things and also walk this like shadow world half the time. The world that you see when Frodo puts on the ring. Yeah, he's able to walk that or that world sometimes because there's a wraith that in him that are interconnected. And it's the reason that he's able to live. Uh, even after he dies, like the characters in the game know that you die sometimes and come back because some of the orcs like comment on, hey, haven't I killed you before? Yeah. And the reason is because you're interconnected with this wraith that keeps bringing you back. Yeah. Really fun game. Cool story. The combat is excellent. It It's a it's a Warner Brothers game, which my next game is also a Warner Brothers uh, game. So I, I clearly like that combat style with the counters and stuff like that. One thing that I do think is really cool about this game and its sequel as well is there is an orc hierarchy system within the game. Okay. That you can see, and so you can see, like how the orcs are structured, and like, who's in charge of who, and you can, you can like work, you can like hunt different orcs down and kill them and interfere with their politics. And you okay. can kind of force one orc up the food chain. Okay. Or you can make one orc like an informant of yours, and then kill all the orcs above him, so he gets promoted to higher levels. It's really cool. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know all that. Um, my number three is a Warner Brothers game, Batman Arkham City. Ah, it's my number two. Okay. So it's so you get Arkham Asylum, but Arkham City kind of just changed the game. Mm -hmm. It's an almost open world, open city exploration. You you're Batman, you get to do whatever you want, you can glide around. Um but it really set the tone for the rest of the Arkham franchise and to be this massive exploration. Each map, each like game subsequently, the map gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the missions, the storyline is amazing yep. with the Joker and all the villains that you interact with. It's super good. Yeah, it's a great game. It is a really fun game. I mean, I don't know how much more I can say that you haven't said. I love that combat system that Warner Brothers Gaming has. Mm -hmm. That counter, like punch, 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 counter, counter, punch. That yeah. melee system that's really good. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, it works really well. All right, so Brad, back to you for your, your number two, I believe. It's Spider-Man for PS4. Oh, that's a good game. And so my when I was visiting my brother, my brother has a PS4. I have an Xbox One. And... It's such a fun game. Everything that you yeah. would want a Spider-Man game to be, it is. And it 
you, you know, you people have seen a lot of images of all the different costumes and skins that you can mm -hmm. wear, and it doesn't make it difficult to acquire those. It may take you like, oh, I want this certain one, but I think I played it for maybe an hour or two, and I already had 15 different outfits Yeah, in playing through and collecting different backpacks and this stuff. It's just super, super fun. It works really, really well, and I can't wait for more. Yeah, that's awesome. My number one game, and this is a recent game, but I love this game so much. It is a game called The Outer Worlds. It is another one of these open world games where you can be who you want. And this game, you can be who you want to the extreme. So this game has... You make yourself the villain, don't you? you? No, you can make yourself sort of a villain. This game has multiple endings of the story, depending on how you play it. Okay. And it's the type of game where you can kill any NPC. Right. They've, they set up the game to where even if you walk into the first town and kill everybody, there are mechanisms and like clues for you to find where you can still advance the story. Okay. So it's really, they thought of everything. I mean, yeah. super creative. The weapons are funny. You can't get stuck. No, you can't get stuck. But you can also do anything, which is fun. Yeah. There's awesome side quests and companions. You can find people who can join your team. And they have backstories and they're, they have emotions and there's side quests for them too. Uh, Very a, immersive. There's lots of gear to it. And the DLC just dropped not too long ago. I haven't played it yet. But this game is also fun because it's set in an alternate future. And the divergence, it diverged from our timeline in 1901. Okay. Where 1901, William McKinley was assassinated. He was succeeded by, you know, uh -uh. Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Teddy Roosevelt broke up big business trusts. But in this world, McKinley was never assassinated. So okay. These big trusts, these big businesses were never broken up. And they just continue to grow into these mega corporations to now in the future, these mega corporations control everything. Okay. And it's created this like class system where essentially these mega corporations own different planets. Wow. And you are sent to investigate some stuff. And you find out some things about these corporations that aren't so good. And you have to save people or, or not. <laughs> wow. Man, that's crazy. All right. My number one pick, and this is a pick that I would not say is the best game on my list. Okay. But it's definitely the most, I think you could go to any used store that has video games and buy it for $11. Okay, what is it? It's Sunset Overdrive. Oh, you've told me about yeah, this. Yeah, I told you about it. And so it's a super quirky, yeah, super colorful, wacky game that when we watched the trailer for the new Suicide Squad game, I said, that reminds me of Sunset Overdrive. And we watched the trailer together. And you get around the city. There's this compound that's been energy drink that's been released by this big corporation. But it turns people into these kind of like zombie monsters that are seeking to take over the city and you acquire these super wacky weapons yeah. and you, because you've been exposed, but you haven't been turned, you kind of have superpowers. Okay. And the main way you transport around the city is by grinding like you're skateboarding on power lines. <laughs> <laughs> and it's super yeah. fun and it's not a long game, Okay. but it's super fun. Like you can jump super high yeah. and you get to totally customize and like, whack out your character in these weird outfits but it's super super fun and i really really enjoy it and so 
while that's definitely not the best game on my list, that's the one that's just like, I don't think many people have played this. Okay. And definitely it's not mainstream. Perfect. But yeah, that's my number one recommendation for video games. So we just want to say thank you to everyone for joining us on our first ever recommendations podcast. Uh, when we do another one in the future, we'll try and have different picks. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of the Brad Report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, follow us on social media. And until next time, love you 3000.